I would like you today to take your Bible and turn to Luke, Luke chapter 17. Now I'm going to read to you from the New Life Translation. You can read from whatever one you have with you. Luke chapter 17 from verse 11. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God! He fell on the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he has done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Just up to there. I'm not sure how many of you know about this illness called leprosy. I don't think it's so prevalent in our day. But leprosy uh, is an infection that is caused by a slow-growing bacteria called Mycobacterium leprae. I've got the Latin name for you, for you there on the screen. Now this bacteria can affect the nerves, the skin, the eyes and the lining of the nose of a person's body. Today we know that it doesn't actually spread that easily. That's what we know today. And when it is early diagnosed, it, it can be treated with what they call today a multi-drug treatment. And this disease can be cured. But in biblical they didn't know that. In biblical times, it was a feared and seen as a highly contagious disease. And they did not know how to treat it. Obviously, they also didn't have the medicine at that point in time to treat it. So, in the untreated form, it caused nerve damage. And it resulted many times in the crippled and blind. Now, this sickness, leprosy, starts with a little white patch on your skin. So, if you have it, don't worry. It's not necessarily that. <laughs> Let me just calm you. But it starts with a little white patch on your skin, very white patch. And that particular patch, there's no feeling, it's numb. And then these went into the face and you can't hide it. It's impossible to hide this disease. Numb, a person doesn't feel when he or she touches something hot or like fire, or burn themselves, or cut themselves. There's, there's just no feeling. In ancient times, biblical times, people who had leprosy were called the walking dead. And the worst part of this illness was that they were pushed out of 
the community. They were isolated. They were taken out of their families, out of their homes, out of the villages where they lived, and they had to move to a colony for lepers. Many of you might not know, but in South Africa, we had a leprosy colony on Robben Island, that island just off Cape Town, which also later became a jail where Mandela was. That same island, we had a leper colony there. Up to 1931, they were there. In the times of the Bible, they also did this. They put people apart in a colony. They couldn't work. They couldn't worship at the temple. They were required by law to keep a social distance of a hundred paces from other people. Now, I walked in here this morning and I counted the paces. From the back door to here, it's 20 paces. My paces. I, I walked like this. They had to keep social distance. And if anybody came closer than that, they had to shout, I'm unclean! I'm unclean. And people had to stay away. A hundred paces social distance. So if you think of all that, you can start to understand the situation of these ten leopards that we are reading about. They knew that their condition was hopeless. Nobody could help them. No doctor. No priest could heal them. Only God. Only God. The difference that happened in the hopelessness of these ten leopards came when Jesus entered their lives. Jesus entering their lives brought a big difference to them. And when they saw him approaching in the distance, they saw someone who could bring them real hope. And that's why they cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now remember, they were about 100 paces away. Can you believe it? Can you think it? From the distance they called, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he answered simply by saying, go to the temple, show yourself to the priest. He didn't touch them. He didn't go there and anoint them and did stuff and shake them and... He from a distance said to them, go to the temple. Show yourself to the priest. Why did he say that? That was required by the law that if a person somehow became healed from this illness, which did happen, they must go to the temple. The priest have to see this person and examine him or her and then declare that indeed this person is healed. So Jesus asked that of them. He simply said to them, go to the temple. Let the priest examine you. Let they, look, let they look at you and declare that you are healed. Now when he said these words, go show yourself to the priest. Nine of them could go and turn around and go with ease. One of them had a problem with that. He was a Samaritan. Did you read it there in the text? One of them. This leper. But he was also an outcast because he was a Samaritan in a Jewish community. At that point in time, unlike his nine friends, he had actually no access to the priests 
all the temple in Jerusalem. He was not really welcome there. But exactly that is what Jesus told them to do. Go to the temple, show yourself to the priest. Okay, they had to walk there. It was about a day or a day and a half's walk from where they were to show themselves to the priest. And when they decide to do that, when they turned and walked towards the temple to the priests, what they did was an act of faith. That in itself was an act of faith. To turn their backs, go to the temple in Jerusalem, was an act of faith. And as they step out in faith, and obeyed Jesus, they experienced his healing power. And I can just imagine, it is not there, but I can just imagine, as they were walking on their way to Jerusalem, and one of them looked at the other guy, and he said, hey, look at your skin. Your, your, your skin is, is clean, you're looking normal. He looked at his own hands and he saw, wow, the, the color has returned. All of a sudden, they all realized we are healed. Can you imagine the joy that they had? And then we have read verse 15. He says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. When I read this text, I, I wondered, why did Luke bother to tell us that this guy was a Samaritan? Why did he not just leave it out? Why was it important for him to say, sort of, by the way, this guy was a Samaritan? And I think the answer is found in another story that is also told to us by Luke. The story that we all know very well, the story of the Good Samaritan. In that story, you remember there was this man, he was severely beaten. He was lying by the roadside. And a priest came, a priest came walking by, but he didn't stop. Then a Levite, who was part of the, the worship team, came walking by. I trust it's not one of you. The other side. He was so scared, he... He wanted the social distance to be wide. He walked on the other side. But a Samaritan came. And a Samaritan, even though this man who was lying there was a Jew, the Samaritan went to him. At that point in time, Samaritans and Jews didn't like one another. They despised, actually they hated one another. And the Jews believed Samaritans are unclean. They didn't want to be close to them. But by this Samaritan going to this man, assisting him, helping him, taking him even to a clinic or to a place where he could be looked after, he showed that goodwill and compassion and grace knows no boundaries. That is, it crosses the boundaries. Here in this story, we see a leper who was a Samaritan, and he steps, comes to Jesus, who, who was a Jew, and he comes for one reason only, to say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done. He came back, obviously, because he was healed, but nine others didn't. 
I think that maybe he came back because Jesus, when he sent him to Jerusalem, when he said, go to the temple, actually showed him acceptance. Showed him grace. Showed him goodwill. By telling him, actually can't do it. And Jesus showed him this acceptance, this grace, and, this, and gave him this healing, something that no one else could ever give him. No one could give this to him. But Jesus did. And you know, we become thankful people, all of us, when we realize that what was done for us could not have been done by us. We can't do anything. And actually, this is the essence of the gospel. This is the essence of the good news. That Jesus came into our lives. The Son of God. And He gave you and me something that we couldn't give ourselves. Something that no one else can give us. Grace and love and forgiveness. The minute Jesus enters our lives, He changes. And we become thankful. Now, leprosy is not a sin. I must say that clear. Don't think so. Leprosy is not a sin, although the early church did thought so. But leprosy is not a sin. And leprosy is not caused by sin. But it can symbolize the destruction of sin. Because in the same way as leprosy separated people from the fellowship, from the community, from the temple, from God, in the same way sin separates us from God. In the same way separate, it separates us from the community of, of God's people. But when Jesus comes into our lives, He gives us what no one else can. Passion, grace, forgiveness, love. And I want to remind you of some texts. Psalm 118 verse 1, which says in the NIV, Give thanks to the Lord. We also have a song for this. Hey? Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to God because of His love. We become thankful people the moment we understand that God loves us. That God, through Jesus Christ, who becomes the center of our life, really loves us. And you know, we struggle, I think, to, to really know how to thank God until we really understand how much God loves us. Do you have an inclination? Do you have an idea? Or do you have an understanding of how much God loves you. When my daughter, we, we only have one child. When my daughter was young or small, much smaller than today, we used to play sort of a game. I would say to her, I love you. And she would say to me, I love you, I love you, all the cars full. full. And then she would say, oh, I love you, all the cars full and all the airplanes and all the boats. And so we would carry on trying to outdo one another and adding on and telling one another how we love one another. You know, we, we can't outdo God. 
We can never outdo the amount of love God has to us. It's not cars and boats. and It's complete. So much He loves us. And all we can do in reaction is to say, Thank you. Thank you. Another verse, Ephesians 2.13. says, But now in Christ... Listen to the words, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off has been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Let me tell you, we were farther off than a hundred paces. These lepers had to be a hundred paces away. We were much farther than that. But in Jesus, we are brought near. In Jesus, we have access now to God's grace, to God's love, to God's forgiveness. We have been brought near. We have been shown a reason to have gratitude. Like those lepers who were far off, forced by the law, we were far off. But God brought us close in Christ Jesus. A last verse, Ephesians 2 verse 5. It says, even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It's only by grace that you have been saved. I said earlier, the lepers were seen as dead men walking. We were dead because of our sin. But in Christ, we came close. In the same way as Jesus spoke a word and lepers were healed, God spoke a word. It is the life of His Son. He said He loves the world. God loves the world so much, He gave His only begotten Son. He loved us so much, He gave His life. The minute He entered our lives, things changed. Our sin was taken away. And for us, I believe, for us as Christians, as believers, as followers of Jesus, thankfulness is a state of being, a way of life. Because He entered our lives, Jesus. Because He became the center of our lives. It's a way of life for us as born-again believers to be thankful. You know, I grow up, and I'm closing with this, I grow up with an old song that says, Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. Let's just pray. Thank you, God, that you gave to us your Son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, you came into our lives even when we were far away, far off, pushed away from the presence of God by our sinfulness. You spoke words of love. You showed us except one else did. You took us in and you changed our lives. And Lord, today we can say thank you. Thank you. We can shout like this leper who was also a Samaritan, who was pushed out of community, pushed out of the society, but you showed him acceptance and grace and healing. 
And we thank you for that, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, while you keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed, even if you are following on the internet or on your cell phone or wherever, so far off. Maybe for some reason you feel, I, I'm like a leper. The things in my life that pushes me out. Today I know that you can just say, Jesus, have mercy on me. Yes, Lord. Jesus, have mercy on me. And it will change everything in your life. Whether you are here or at home, wherever you are, if you want to say today, Jesus, have mercy on me, maybe you can just raise your hand. Or you can just physically say it. Jesus, have mercy on me. Thank you, I see your hand. Jesus, have mercy. Touch me. Change me. Cleanse me. Heal me. And he does. Thank you, Jesus. That whenever we call out for mercy, whenever we call out for salvation, for forgiveness, for healing, you react with love and grace and acceptance and forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for those today who come and say, Lord, have mercy. Lord, forgive me. Lord, restore me. Thank you that you do that because you are in our lives. And we can say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.